Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. Hello and welcome to the Compliance Files podcast of the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. I'm Cathy Jacobs, President of the ACOI, and it is a great pleasure for me to host this podcast. Three years post GDPR and anyone who is involved in implementation will still remember the significant effort and resources and also the scramble for subject matter expertise to get across the line for the 20th of May 2018. It was a significant challenge but it did not end on that very important date. GDPR is for life, not just for the go live date. And while no doubt a huge amount was achieved, the number of enforcement actions across the European Union would suggest there's still much to do to achieve strong baseline compliance with the regulation. So for that reason, I'm delighted to introduce today, Shane Carrick, Director, Head of Data Protection and Client Services at Grant Thornton, and Rosita Goya, Data Protection Senior Manager and SME, also from Grant Thornton. Rosita and Shane are here with me today to discuss the value in conducting data protection health checks now that the law and regulation has been in place for some time and firms have been operating their GDPR compliance programs for three years. Welcome to the Compliance Files podcast, Shane and Rosita, and thank you very much for talking to us today. Thanks, Katya, for this, uh, this opportunity. It's, uh, it's nice to be with you today here. Thanks very much for inviting us on this podcast. It's, it's great. Uh, I enjoy listening to it. It's good to be on it. Okay, I'll start, Shane and Rosita, with if you could just give our listeners a flavour of what are the benefits of conducting a GDPR health check and why would now be a good time to do such a review? Sure, Cathy. It's a good question because a lot of, as you said in your intro, a lot of noise, I suppose, in the industry in 2018 trying to get GDPR compliance, understand what it all means. And it's matured a good bit over the last three years. So now is now is an excellent time, if you haven't done it already, to, to take a review of those three years. I mean, we've seen lots of changes since 2018, both from general regulatory approach and our own DPC and what they are doing and the kind of actions that are being taken, the supports that are in place. One of the main things that we've seen since 2018, policies were written. And they were written with, with, with great intentions and they're still sitting on shelves. They're not actually operationalized within, within the business. So a health check will call that out and really, and really look to see how we can get that into, into the everyday business. And then also what a health check allows us to do at this stage is a, a full company refresh and awareness. When you're doing these kind of activities, Anyone, who, anyone who's involved in that pro- review process, it becomes that bit more aware of data protection. So those that maybe it's not, their, it's not their job, most people end up touching personal data within a company. So it's a great three years in, there's frameworks there in place, that, that awareness, that education really helps. So some of the benefits are um, ensuring and demonstrating that your the organization complies with complies with GDPR and uh, avoids sanctions, ensuring that uh, the user are not uh, at risk of their data protection right being violated, or uh, is a, an opportunity to have any independent assurance of a data protection policy uh, and and practices within the company, and is a, a way to uh, identify uh, data protection risk and uh, have. Pri- 
practical, pragmatic um, recommendation from people, the professional data protection experts that are doing the the, the assessment or, uh, or or audit. And it's a way to uh, share knowledge with trained and experienced qualified staff. So there are many benefits to uh, conducting one an assessment. GDPR introduced the new but extremely important principle of accountability. How would conducting an audit or a health check or a gap analysis strengthen and demonstrate accountability to the Data Protection Commissioner? So the term accountability um, principle can can be broadly described as a um, requirement for controllers to be responsible for and to to be able to demonstrate compliance with other uh, data protection principles, to have uh, also appropriate measure and records in place to be able to prove compliance to GDPR standards. And a data protection gap analysis or assessment creates the roadmap and framework for accountability. Uh, This is because an assessment covers risk areas such as as uh, DPIA's processes, data protection, security issues, or uh, data subject issues, including the data subject consent process or uh, risk register, third-party processes, and uh, of, of, uh, of personal data. The GDPR data protection gap analysis goes into the operational processes and activities. So accountability requires organizations to establish and document and maintain processes and procedures and perform audit and trainings. An assessment evaluates also if the process and procedures are fit for purposes. In, in other words, if they work in practice and don't remain only a, a theoretical concept. So the data controller uh, will have not only to ensure compliance with the principle, but he will also have to demonstrate such compliance. And this is the meaning of the principle of accountability, which in reality represents the shift from theory to practice. So this is how I would, I would see principle of accountability. I don't think there's much out there. I think that 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 bit that Rosita talked about for accountability is really just showing how to to be able to demonstrate what you've done. So how can you demonstrate compliance to data subjects, to the DPC, to your board? Um, Where's the evidence? You know, is the evidence living and breathing? And in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's what accountability goes to. Any other benefits then of undertaking a review of DP compliance? Yeah, there's actually, uh, there's, there's a lot of unintended benefits or benefits that come out of these kind of reviews that maybe wouldn't be uh, obvious on the outside. The RPA is always a great fountain of finding, when you're reviewing that, of finding risks that you weren't aware of. Sorry, that's the record of processing activities. I'm terrible for my acronyms. But you, you get to see things like monitoring, for example, monitoring of third parties. Is, is what we're doing there appropriate? Does it, does it still stand up? We talked about awareness earlier that that I can't stress how important that is. So throughout the organization and the overall maturity level of your compliance. Um, that's something we do when we do assessments. We give our clients, here's how mature you are in different areas. We, we assess it over 10 different dimensions. And that can really say, okay, okay we see we're, we're, we're actually one of best in class in this area. But in this area, we dropped the ball and we're actually so uh, DPO, if they have a budget, they can say, right, this is where we need to we need to point those funds. This makes it more effective and efficient. And I would add to this that undertaking a data protection compliance review is, is a chance to know if the implemented measures are appropriate and uh, effective, taking into account the characteristic of a processing within one company. It's also an opportunity to revise the way in which breaches, for example, are managed. If there is no process in place, companies may end up to report all breaches that are actually that actually do not need to be uh, reported. And um, if they don't have uh, in place a, a risk assessment, 
assessment process. They might not risk assess the uh, the breach, so they don't know if it needs to be reported or or it does. So it, it is always important to have those review and to make sure that everything in place is actually working. And ideally, who should do this in an organisation? The data protection officer, the chief data officer, internal audit, a combination of all three. Neither. <laughs> yeah, as, as you can imagine, it, it's a combination of, of, of everyone. I think really you've got to look at it in t- with two different lenses. One is internal. So you've got the DPO really overseeing what the internal auditors are doing. So it gets an insight there. That's internal reviews. And then you've got an independent external one, which is very important because that, that then is completely detached and gives you a full independent view of, of where you are and it allows the two match up them to answer your question i think it's, it's it's a combination of all three but really in those two when you look with an internal lens and an external lens and what should the objectives of conducting such a review be and how important is it to define these at the outset an audit will typically assess the organizational procedure system or uh, records and activity in order to ensure that appropriate policies and procedures are in place and verify that actually those policies and procedures are being followed by the employees. Test the adequacy of control in place, identify some uh, breaches or potential breaches of compliance, and recommends uh, any uh, requirement change in, in control policy and procedures. So the scope areas to be covered during the assessment will be obviously agreed in consultation with with the organization prior to the assessment. And it may take into account any data protection issues or risks which are specific to the organization or areas of the business that are not developed enough. For example, some companies can ask to do a detailed assessment of third parties processing, including the review of contracts that are in place with those uh, data processors. Other could ask to include an in-depth analysis of a software, for example, used to process personal data. But we would always advise in general to to, um, to keep the scope of the of the uh, review open in order to carry out an, an holistic check, an, an holistic review of the maturity of data protection of the, the, the company. Otherwise, there could be a, a false sense of security within the, the report. So it's always a good idea to keep it uh, uh, open. I was just saying, there, there are great points. What I like to remind clients as well, the ultimate objective is to increase protection for the data subject. And if we keep that in mind with and make sure you have everything in place to be compliant with the principles, and as Rosita said there with numerous <clears throat> examples, to keep it not too tightly defined so that, each, that you're open to finding other, uh, other areas which may not have been expected. Shane and Rosita, you've mentioned a number of times so far this concept of maturity. Could you explain what that is and, and, and how, how you measure it and, and what the benefits are of, of looking at it? Yeah, and different people's view of maturity might be different, actually. So what there's various categories of maturity level that, that a company might be at. So if I just give you an example of some levels of maturity. You might have a level one of ad hoc approach to to data protection. We deal with it as it arises. We don't have the appropriate tools in place. Then there's level two, which is repeatable. So processes that are repeatable, controls that are repeatable that you have in place. Level three is defined. And we go from defined into level four, which is managed, and level five, which is optimized. So if if you're level five across the different areas or what we call dimensions, then you're you're in the absolute ideal place. You're as close to to full compliance as is possible. And everyone knows you can't be 
fully compliant ever with something like GDPR because it's a risk-based approach. So when you take those different levels of maturity, you then assess them across different dimensions. And I won't go through them all, but they are things like governance and accountability, subject rights and breach management, training, retention and disposal, third-party compliance, data collection, transparency, DPIAs and risk management, that kind of area. So you know then if you have, if I was to take one of those areas and use use it as an example, if I was to take, for example, training, if you were giving ad hoc training, you'd be level one. Whereas if, for example, you had something that, okay, when someone joins the company, they undergo standard data protection training. So, and then annually there's updates and then there's specific training for that role. So we've got to remember a lot of time in training, you'd be given general general training, but specifically in a role, it's great if you can go into a company and say, well, you guys, you know, you're dealing with this data in spreadsheets and when you're sending it to these other people, do they need to see all that data? Just specific areas. So you can see there how you might go from a level one ad hoc to an optimized where everyone knows exactly what happens when they have it and what the right procedures are and they have the policies backing. So I hope that I hope that helps to shed a bit of light. So we do that across ten, those 10 different dimensions. Great. So it's kind of giving yourself marks out of 10 or marks out of 100 then and seeing you are where you are on that continuum. So yeah, it's a really good way of, of seeing it. And then sometimes when we're doing with similar clients, we can benchmark because we, we know from our other clients, typically, you know, they might have a maturity level of three in, in retention or actually retention and disposal, we're seeing a few level twos there. And so if, if another client comes up in their level four and they're saying, oh, we're not too sure, and you go, well, actually, you're well ahead of, of peer organizations. Okay. And is that something that could link to your overall risk appetite where you might decide, actually, we want to be three for this number of, of indicators, but four and possibly five for others? That's exactly it. And it, it can be a very powerful tool. When you look at your risk appetite, you look at your budget. If you do an ass- a maturity assessment and you're able to go to the budget holder, the DPO or whoever, whoever it may be in the organization and say, look, we're a level two here and really we need to be a level four. And actually, we are a level four in this particular area and we don't need to be. It's the constant funding that we put in that area. We can actually reallocate to, to making other areas further along that maturity journey. Just turning to governance, what is the role of the board on this? The board needs to provide necessary oversight to ensure um, management understands the data uh, protection environment. They need to investigate and understand how management defines what is an appropriate use of the data subject personal data and must ensure that management is uh, engaged the appropriate parties within the organization to work together because data protection is not someone's job, is everyone's job within uh, a company. The board should obtain clarity on the desired risk profile and appetite regarding personal data processing and uh, related responsibilities and advise management on balancing compliance with uh, uh, privacy law while behaving also in an ethical manner. So the board need to understand from executives how they know the organization behaves ethically with uh, uh, regard to personal data management. Very often the ethical uh, part of data protection is uh, forgotten, but it's an important part of it. So data protection is 
an ethical issue and involves respect for individuals and their rights regarding privacy and the use of information about them. So the board should really promote this culture within the organization. And also, we don't have to forget that the board must support the DPOs, understand what is the DPO role, the risk that there are around this role, and support their office. So when the DPO needs resources, those resources need to be put in place. Just let's uh, remind that DPO can't, a DPO can't work alone. They need a team. They need resources. Or other, some, we, we often see that DPOs are doing, have many roles within a company. They, they, they have their role as a DPO, but they do also the operational side of it. They, they're asked to carry out DPIAs while, while their role should be to oversight them. So how a DPO can be the, the, the second line or third line of defense, depending on the organization uh, structure if they they are doing everything uh, regarding data protection within the company so it is also the role of the of the board to support them and to make sure that within the organization everybody knows uh, that they all have a responsibility for data protection and is not just the responsibility of the dpo yes and i suppose to the board needs to have their own training in relation to GDPR to make sure that they understand their obligations and obligations to the organization and that 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 they are fulfilling both their own personal obligations as as directors and as fiduciaries etc and and as boards of of data controllers okay um so turning to the conduct of a of of the health check for the first time i i would guess anybody undertaking it for the first time would be a daunting exercise so rosita and shane could you just tell me where would you start yeah, well, we, we take an easy start. And actually, the easy start is what's currently in place. So a lot of uh, a lot of organizations that need to have a record of processing activities will have one in place, whether they've updated or not is a different question. But if you start with the that and the existing policies, so what we would typically do is desktop reviews of, of those first and then bring them into simple workshops going through the RPA, understanding, are these all the processes that touch personal data or have we left some out? Working through that is a great, great start because an awful lot is a lot of it, it can be found within there, um, a lot of risk just by discussing and, and understanding when you're having that discussion that when people are describing a process, tendency to describe what should be done and not what's actually done. And when you just have those open conversations, an awful lot can be can be found. So I would say start it easy, look at the existing policies, the existing RPA, walk through them, see if it still stands up and then take it from there when you when you understand as the gaps start emerging. I would just add to this that it might look a daunting exercise maybe for those organizations that are still getting ready uh, for compliance. However, also for them, it uh, uh, would make sense to carry out an independent assessment. As a, a following the completion of a data protection audit or assessment, there is a report. Uh, a report is provided with findings that focus on areas of risk and weakness that have been identified and with recommendation to address those weaknesses and, uh, and risk. So the output of the assessment, which is the report, can be, become the plan to follow in order to get compliant with GDPR and also the mean to demonstrate uh, that the company is actually doing something towards compliance is, is accountable for it. So we we'll go back to the uh, accountable principle here. What are the stages of a GDPR review or audit and what should the reviewer be working towards in terms of an output? Yeah, so an output typically to have value 
will look like it'll be a report which has its key findings. So based on risk, remember risk, we always go back to the risk and it's not the risk to the company, it's the risk to the data subject. So the person is, is at the center of all these. So we look at it and what you would receive is a, a, what you're working towards is to create this report with prioritized risks, typically on a red, amber, green basis with why it's a risk. So what element of GDPR or, or data protection law is this at, at risk of breaching? The actual risk itself, then the mitigation strategies. So how do you go about, what are the controls we could put in place or what are, what are strategies we can take to, to mitigate the risk? and any residual risk or risk acceptance. So when the receiver of the report looks at it, they can decide based on their risk appetite, what actions they're directly going to take. There'll be a, all the actions will be there about what needs to be done. And then in our case, particularly if we're, if we're doing an assessment, we'll say we can, you know, how we can help or what we would do or whether our, our guide the client through how they would do it themselves. In an audit, it's completely independent. So we just say, here are the issues. Here's how you might go about fixing them. And it's up to the client then to take further action. And we, we would also then give them a step-by-step solution to, to follow, just to, to help more on uh, what are the next steps, what they should do in how they should do also. Obviously, it depends on the on the scope of the report, but generally, this, this is the approach that we uh, we would take. And then together to see what they can do first, what is that is easy to mitigate immediately and what they should prioritize then later. Thanks. And what are the must-dos in terms of aspects of DP that should be always included in the scope of a review that you always need to make sure that you've got assurance and maybe there aren't any but do you see any just must do's you absolutely must make sure you're telling the data subject exactly what you're doing with the with, with their data over for so over the last three years a company may or an organization may have decided to do something else with that data introduce a new product or service and they've got to make sure, are we being transparent about that? Are we communicating it to the, to the data subject? And has their legal basis changed? Those are the big ones that can catch organizations out as they develop, as they, as they expand. Your RPA, the review of the RPA should catch that. And then you check, okay, are we communicating this appropriately? So for me, that would be, that would be the main one. That's the one we see that where people's privacy statements, notices, policies, etc haven't been updated to reflect a potential new new area i will add to that the retention policies and procedures that sometimes are not uh, most of the time are not implemented uh, they some companies uh, have uh, retention policies in place, but then they're not enacted. So a review of these will uh, will be very, um, very helpful, helpful and understand if uh, the actual uh, process is uh, can be followed by, by employees or it needs to, to have some amendments. Review of trainings, what are the trainings that are planned within the companies on the data protection side? It will be important to understand if there is only the general e-learning annual training or there are trainings that are ad hoc trainings for the different departments. 
departments. This would make sure that the employees really understand what is their role, understand how they have to deal with personal data. And then the review also of uh, forms, forms used to gather consent or forms to use to collect personal data. Sometimes those forms are kept uh, not within the scope of the assessment, but we would always require this to be to be assessed. For example, on consent forms, the, the, the major uh, problem that we encounter is that they there is mentioned how consent can be withdrawn and that can be withdrawn at the time. So data subject is not informed on the way consent works or forms used to collect personal data. There is no mention of privacy notice. So um, there are all aspects that needs to be uh, assessed. And how often should these reviews be repeated once you've completed your first your first one or your first cycle? So a company, generally uh, once per year, it, it would be good to have a, an assessment. This because company changes, for example, they might offer new services since uh, they might have in place new processes involving personal data. Uh, so this process needs to be uh, assessed. Also, people change. So there, there's the need of assessing if these new employees uh, have had enough training about data protection and they know how to uh, deal with with personal data. Or there is the need to assess third parties. So let's not forget about uh, processors. So uh, if you have a new processor in place, then there is the need to assess the contract, to assess uh, the monitoring plan that you have with them to see how they deal with your personal data. There's two ways that that, that, uh, we advise our clients on this. So annually, because there are constant changes and it's like a it's like a car service. If you do a little maintenance often, it's going to work out a lot better for your car. So similarly with data protection, an annual review is is what we would recommend typically alongside other other functions. So an internal auditor doing annual reviews and then look for look for an external review. Also a tool that we that we quite often use, and particularly when we're DPO, that there's quarterly checks. So this would be maybe either a questionnaire or a quick calling of a department to see what's happened in the last quarter. Are they keeping up to date? Have they have are their processes operating correctly? And that's by just asking a few pointed questions. That would be the best way. So it's kind of light quarterly. If you discover anything there, obviously you can then go into a deep dive, but um, also have it have kind of a more formal review annually. What are the challenges or pitfalls for someone undertaking a GDPR review they should look out for? Well, without, without doubt, from our perspective, we see there's, there's two that, that, that shine. One is proper stakeholder engagement so that stakeholders are really involved in the process and they will get out of it what they put in. So without that, it's very difficult to get a, to get a good view. And then I alluded to it earlier, but by human nature, people describe what should be done rather than what is done. And there are various tools and techniques we can use to get behind that. But like, for example, actually tracing someone as they're doing it. But they'd be the, they'd be the two challenges that, that I see most often on the ground. I, I, I would add to this that another of the pitfalls would be not getting ready for the assessment, preventing from having a good assessment. It, it can happen that um, uh, the person who is the point of contact for the assessment doesn't know uh, where the document that need to be reviewed are. 
and if uh, actually these uh, uh, are in place. And they might be found only at the end of the assessment when the report is delivered. Uh, so it would be always a good practice to, to prepare in advance for this. Also, many companies have uh, uh, yet to identify all uh, processes that involve personal data because often um, there is an ambiguity over uh, what constitutes personal data. So during or what is processing. So during an interview or workshop, some departments don't mention uh, at all processes um, executed by them that involve personal data. So and as Shane said, engage with stakeholders in advance and explain them what is the scope of the assessment and what is uh, what they have to expect from this assessment is, is important. Great. And what support is out there for listeners to access if they want to learn more about conducting a GDPR health check? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of good resources out there. The Euro European Authority website, particularly those that 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 show what the latest findings for breaches and fines and that kind of stuff is, because that lets you know what Europe is, is feeling as a whole, not just Ireland. We all know about the big headline cases, like for example, the current WhatsApp case that's been taken by the DPC, but it's good to get a good flavor of what's happening across Europe. The DPC's own website is very good and it's it's quite easy to follow and understand. And in a post-Brexit era, actually, the ICO website is very, very good. Now, what I would say is just be careful. Technically, it's a UK GDPR you're looking at. 99% of it is the same, but there is a difference between the UK GDPR and the EU GDPR. But the ICO website, 99% of the time, is appropriate and, and very good. And of course, then ourselves we offer every type of data protection service at grant thornton um, and we love talking about it so um yeah there's, there's there's a lot of resources out there available and it is is very important as shane mentioned there to follow the breaches and fines imposed by all data protection authorities within europe and understand the reason behind the fines and self-check your company uh, based on this so could you be fine ask yourself could you be fined for the same reason if the authority would start an investigation or on your company so if the answer is yes then you know that uh, amendments are needed so also use this example to train your staff tell them what is happening out there and why the role is very important in avoiding the same issues. Finally, Rosita, we've reached the end of our podcast, but would you like to give our listeners some key takeaways on, on conducting a GDPR health check? So my advice would be to uh, always include within the health check all the areas of data protection, including the risk register. Very often the risk register is not there or is planned to be in place, but we, we, we never have the, um, the opportunity to review it because it is, uh, is not completed. So th- this is a, a, a powerful tool to have within organization. So I would include in the monitoring plan as well is something that you should ask to be assessed. An independent review will give you a lot of advices on how to, to evolve your monitoring plan if there is one in place, if not to give uh, help you to create one. As I said before, the review of any type of form you use for collection to collect personal data, soft copies of those forms or hard copies. And don't forget to, to include also the monitoring of, of the, the retention and monitoring of third parties. The review, another good idea is to review the register of third parties contract if it's in place, because if done very well, it will help you in monitoring those third parties. So th- this is something that I, I, I wanted to point out because very often 
often is uh, is forgotten and companies think that is uh, is not should not be in the scope of a GDPR assessment. Yeah, that, that they're very good points. And I, what I would add to that, Kathy, is something that, particularly over the last year or so, we've seen a lot of. I would advise strongly any any company that's relying on a software solution, a software-driven privacy solution to help them. And there's some great there's great solutions out there. It's more important for them to get to get more annual checks because there can be somewhat part of a like an echo chamber, if you like, where the system is responding to what the inputter is putting in and suggesting the risks and mitigations, which can be close, but is never going to match exactly the, the, what the business is and, the org- or, and what the organization does. So for those that are using off-the-shelf solutions, I think having, having a, a, and they can be a great help, but making sure you, you get it reviewed independently, mm-hmm. I think is, is very important. So you really understand your full risk and, it, and you can recalibrate if, if, if you're not in that position. Great. Well, we've reached the end of our podcast. So thank you very much to Shane and Rosita for sharing your insights and expertise with our Compliance Files listeners. Anybody listening to this would have found that invaluable, as have I. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning into the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the ACOI. I do hope that you found the podcast interesting and useful, as I certainly have. We would be very grateful if you would rate and or review this podcast. Until the next episode, goodbye. Thank you, Cathy. An absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed that. Thanks so much, Cathy. The Professional Certificate in Data Protection, a 10 ECTS award at level nine on the National Framework of Qualifications, was designed in consultation with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. It provides data protection officers and compliance officers with the expert knowledge of data protection and is the only accredited qualification at this level. Participants will learn through an applied approach and develop specialist skills and competence to support and advise their organization in managing and mitigating data protection related reputational compliance and financial risks. Whatever your career stage, experience or ambition, the ACY is here to support you. To find out more on our educational offerings and how you can register, please visit acoi.ie. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes.